good morning. Good to see you guys here at Grove Central. Thanks for being here with us, and uh, good to see you all guys online. Uh, thanks for being with us today also. Hey, just a shout out to our uh, media team, uh, those in the building. Can we just give them a hand? Thank them for behind the scenes, all the work. Especially if you're watching online, hopefully you're seeing the difference because of their hard work to be able to produce a service for you guys to build and enjoy and watch with us. And uh, there's a lot of you that are watching every single week, and so I want to say thanks for being with us today as uh, we finish the series on uh, the fruit of the Spirit called Fruitful. Uh, this series really been a, it's really been for Christians. It's a, a lot of times our series we try to um, really pull in, you know, unchurched people that don't really know a lot about the, the, the Bible and share uh, what, what we believe and, and how to help them, right? This series has really been geared for Christians. Um, so there's two things. If you're a Christian, hopefully this has challenged you and helped you. And if you're not, and you've been w- listening or watching, this should be giving an indication of what Christians should look like. And uh, when they're missing it, we see it pretty obviously, it pr- pretty obvious that they're missing some of this fruit. And so we're going to walk through just to close up the series. And uh, originally I started uh, this series in November uh, because I knew elections were coming. I knew a lot of people get worked up and they let the emotions kind of get out of control. And uh, as, as Jesus followers, our job is not to let us be led by emotions, right, but to control our emotions. And so we said, what would this look like if we look different than the rest of the world during election season and during the COVID season? And so we did this. And so the whole, the whole goal of the, the series being fruitful is just means that we're full of fruit that others can enjoy, right? And here's the thing. This series is, is out of the book of Galatians, Galatians, and Paul's writing this letter to a church in Galatia, some churches, that he started. And so he went to these, this province of Galatia. He started these churches. He began to travel around the world. And then he got word that some people in the church that he started got in, and they were legalists. And so they, they were trying to put the law back on the people, the, the, these Jesus followers in Galatia. And so he's writing this letter to try to correct something, right? Um, and so he says this in Galatians. He says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself self through love. So he's saying the only thing that counts is if your faith is not being expressed through love, you're missing the point of it. And there's two different challenges that we have, right? So Paul in Galatians he writes to the one extreme of legalism, right? And so this is the law. This is trying to be under the law. This is the old covenant. And then there's the other, other, I guess, ditch that you could fall into. One ditch is legalism. The other ditch would be license, right? It would be um, the ability to just do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it and say there's no consequences. The book of James, I love the Bible because the book of James addresses that. The Galatians, the legalist part of it, and James, the, the part of, of people just doing whatever they want to do. And you say, no, that's, that's the other ditch that you find yourself in. So this series is saying, what does it look like to stay in the path that keeps us out of both ditches, right? How do we keep moving forward? And so Paul is saying, don't give in to just, just following the law because we can become people of just doing things to do things, and we miss the point of it, right? And so there's two parts of the law. There's the, the letter of the law. There's the spirit of the law. And a lot of times we get stuck with the letter of the law, but we miss what God is trying to accomplish in that. So Paul is saying, the only thing that counts, guys, is not all the works you do, all of the amazing things, how awesome you are. It's your faith being expressed through love. And if you miss that, you're missing the point of it. He says, if you bite and devour each other, right, through election season, uh, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. And we as Jesus followers can't fall into this because when we destroy one another, we miss out on um, helping others know Christ and we, we lose relationships. And he's saying, so pay attention to this. And he says, the entire law, see, I know all of the Bible, all of Scripture, is fulfilled in keeping just one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So pretty simple, right? Loving your neighbor as yourself is the command that fulfills all of the Bible. So if you want to know what, what it means to be a Jesus follower, love your neighbor as yourself. That is, that's what you have to know about the whole scripture, and it's love. And if you notice the whole book of Galatians, Paul is addressing this idea of love, faith, expressing itself through love, right? Loving your neighbor as yourself, the greatest commandments, loving God, loving others. Um, over and over, he keeps on saying this, right? And he's saying that the only thing that counts is by us 
expressing our faith through love. And he goes on, and we can say it like this, that, um, so legalism, right, it's not the law on the outside, but the love on the inside that makes the difference in our lives. So Paul was addressing the legalists of his day, right, because they thought they had the answer to the laws through, 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 the answer through laws and threats. If you don't do these things, you're no good, right? We're going we're gonna, to uh, um, make you feel guilty about not fulfilling all these obligations and doing all these different things. And so they would put threats on. But Paul explains in Galatians that there's not any amount of legislation that could change the man's basic sinful nature. So you cannot legislate um, and put laws in place that would change the human behavior of people, right? Like the, the sinful nature of a person. You can't change that through law. That only happens through the work of God in our lives. And what happens, even in our nation, right, we have these two extremes. And a lot of times the two extremes really fall on these two. You get legalists who want to, to make everything a law and try to legislate morality and legislate all these things. You get the other extreme that just says they want to do away with any, everything and fall into license. And every nation in our, in our history that has ever failed is because it's gone to that category. This one keeps a tight rein on everything, and it kind of clamps down. And it's not, really not freedom. Um, it's an it's a appearance of freedom, but you really lose it because you're, you're, you're bound by the law. And this side, it feels like freedom, but it's really not. It's license. And people want this, and they say, I, just, you sh- I should be able to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it, and you can't tell me anything. And that's true. They can, but the problem is they don't want to acknowledge there's consequences of everything we do. When you fall into that ditch, it only leads to moral decay and eventually to destruction, right, because everything decays and the, the society falls apart. And so both extremes are what, what Paul and the Bible is trying to tell us to keep away from, that we need to be able to walk in step with what God is wanting to do so we, we don't fall into either of those. That's what Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit. That's how you measure your life, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, and it's self-control. And notice it's the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So it's, it's God, His Spirit, producing this fruit in our lives. And I said the second week that really the fruit, I believe, is love, and it's, it's, just, it's worked out in these different characteristics, right, throughout our life. So let's review the nine uh, characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, I'll give you just a summary of what we talked about, and then we're going to jump into today to kind of wrap up this whole, um, this whole series, all right? So he says the first three, love, joy, and peace. Uh, we said that these first three are Godward. So there's three components to the Christian walk, right? So there's this, this, this up and down, this horizontal relationship, us and God. And then there's a vertical relationship, us and people. And then there's an inward relationship with, between ourselves. And all of three of those need to be healthy if you're going to be a healthy individual. Some people just focus on one aspect, only about myself, and that can become selfishness, right? It can become narcissism, or it's only us. Others focus just on others, and we do everything to try to please others, and we become people pleasers. Others only focus on God, and we neglect the others, but we don't really understand that by doing that, we actually don't even fulfill what God's asking us to do. So the first three are Godward. They're, they're, they're heavenward. They're, these three come from God. They're gifts from God, and really, it's only God can really produce these, thing, these three things in us at any moment in our lives. This is why people have well, they're in prison. They still have joy and they still have peace, right? And they're still able to show love in the middle of horrible circumstances. We see the life of Jesus, right? He's on the cross. He's being crucified. He forgives. He says, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He has a sense of peace in the middle of it. And even in the cross, it says that he ran his race with joy, knowing the, out- the results are going to be amazing. So we get love, which is the fruit of the Spirit. We get joy, which is rejoicing love. We get peace, which is reconciling love. These are gifts that God gives to us, right? And we said that peace is not the absence of conflict or problems. It's the presence of God. If you don't know what peace is, it's the presence of God making things right, reconciling, fixing things in our lives. Paul had peace. Jesus had peace in the storm. Paul had peace in prison. Right? A lot of the disciples had peace even when they were going to their death because they were following Christ because others didn't want them to. So that, that's heavenward. The next three, patience, kindness, and goodness, 
This would be outward. This is to our neighbors, right? We extend kindness to our uh, patience to others. We extend kindness to others and goodness. So patience is an enduring love. We hang in there. We don't give up. We don't stop. Um, kindness is a humble love. It shows others that we, we, we care and we're, we're kind. And goodness is a correcting love. And so we said uh, patience is really an indication of trust and relationship with God. Kindness is compassion and action. So we don't just speak about it. We actually our, our actions actually follow up and do something right. And then goodness is really striving for the standard that God says is good. So we say, God, I want to do what you want to do. Okay. So those are the, the outward ones, right? So we get the first three there's, that are God word, the next three are man word, and then the final one is inward. And it's faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So faithfulness is a reliable love, and uh, it's really good stewardship that Jesus requires of his followers, right? Um, and with faithfulness, the, the test of faithfulness always happens during changes. So a pandemic, an election cycle, it's going to test your faith. Where is your faith at? Is it in man's things? Is it you, is your trust in, in government and systems? Or is it in God? So is, he wants to produce in us a faithfulness that starts in, really in, internally because only we really know where our faith is. Gentleness and self-control, they go together, right? We talked about last week. Gentleness is a complete awareness of ourselves and others. Um, and we said uh, the one question to ask yourself if you have gentleness is, are you known as somebody who raises their voice? If you are, you're probably lacking gentleness, right? If you're always raising your voice, that's an indication that you're lacking gentleness. It's a humble love. And then uh, self-control is a, a, a disciplined love. Um, we said that self-control is having power over yourself. And if you control self, you win. But if self controls you, you lose. And so that's an important part of this whole whole package. And really, this is us. This is inward. And this is one of the ones that God always wants to work in, inside of us to help us to be able to say no to the right things and yes to the right things. And last week, the main thing I would like to say is that we need to stop trying to win arguments and we need to start trying to win hearts. Uh, that was one of the big takeaways from last week is Let's stop trying to win arguments, and let's try, let's try to start winning, win some hearts in, in the process of us living, right? That we love others, we care for others. And if you noticed all the fruit that we list that we went through, those nine different characteristics, um, all of them, one by themselves, will produce hope in others. So when you are patient with others, it produces hope that they don't have to be impatient themselves. When you're gentle with others, it can produce hope in others to know that they don't have to be a mean person, right? They can also have gentleness in their lives. So we introduced a prayer to you in the beginning of the, the series, and I'm going to just walk through this again. I um, encourage you to, to take this. It might be something you can, you can use on a, on a daily basis or periodically. Lord, help me to be warm and loving, contagiously joyful. I love that. That my joy be contagious to others. Actively peaceful. It's not just a waiting thing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's active, right? It's enduringly patient, intentionally kind, consistently good, unwaveringly faithful, respectfully gentle, vigorously self-controlled, and always aware that the Holy Spirit wants to shine your light through me. This is my, the person that I want to be. Amen. So for this whole series, really the goal was to say, how can we become this person? That people would see the fruit in our lives. And we said that the main evidence of maturity in somebody's life is a growing love, these things, to God, for God, and for others. And in that process, that we'd also begin to love ourselves because God is working in our lives to, to help us accomplish more. Right. So one of the things that surprised me about about the, the fruit of the spirit, one, so I've been a pastor for a full time ministry almost 22 years. All right. About 22 years now. And uh, what I realized is going through the fruit of the spirit is I, as I was learning and I was studying that I don't really know as much as I thought I knew. Like there's so much to know about the Bible, about God, about scripture. And it's amazing to see that on this journey, like any health relationship. Right. When you're in a healthy relationship with somebody, there's, it's always a, um, an excitement to discover something, to experience something new. And that's kind of how this journey was for me through the Spirit. 
I learned things that I really didn't really understand. Like there was aspects I got. There's new 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 uh, learnings that I said, wow, I didn't know that. Help me to to practice that. Help me to to see that in, in action. And then the second thing I noticed about the fruit of the spirit is is we call it a virtue, but one of the things that's missing is humility in this list. But throughout the the verses that we shared, humility kept popping up. Humility is tied to gentleness. Humility is is, is always found in, in 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 partnership with a lot of these things. And I think the reason is because when you look at the fruit of the spirit, those are all things externally that you can see and that that. Um, that people can enjoy humility is actually an, an indication of god's work in our lives it, it's an indication that that god is working in somebody's life when, when they have humility and really what humility is it's a lack of absence it's an absence of pride and arrogance so instead of having something it's actually proof that you don't have something and this is a good thing when you have humility it means that pride is not dominating your life and you're not arrogant that's what a humble person is they're lacking these two characteristics that would be the opposite of the fruit of the spirit be the works of the flesh it would be pride and arrogance if you notice pride right smack in the middle of pride is the eye the big eye that's us right i am the most important that's what satan said that's why he lost his place in heaven because he let pride creep in and he began to think he was better than others so when you have pride and arrogance you miss humility and you really it's going to affect the, you producing the fruit of the spirit and humility is is key because it's 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 pushing these out to the side it's not about me i'm not i'm not better than others right in fact, Paul says this after he lists the fruit of the Spirit. He says, uh, since we live, in, live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, that relationship with God. And Lord, notice what he says, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Why would he have to say let's not become conceited? Because he knows that when you begin to live the Christian life, you're going to begin to let the Holy Spirit produce fruit from you that's going to make you look really good to others, right? They're going to see your kindness, say, wow, that person's really kind. They're going to see your peace, your patience, and they're going to begin to point out things in your life that are good, and if we're not careful, we become conceited thinking that we're better than we really are, not recognizing that it's God working in us that produces this thing. So he's saying, make sure humility stays in here, but otherwise you're gonna, the fruit's going to turn sour. It's not going to be right. And eventually it won't even be the fruit of the Spirit. It'll just be a, a facade. It'll be a fake um, um, fruit. It'll, it'll, it'll be like the, the plastic fruit on the table, right? You don't want to eat that. It looks nice, but it's really not real. That's what he's saying. So he knows that when we live the life that God wants us to, it's going to produce good things in our life, but if we're not careful, we can become boastful and proud and conceited, and we can envy, and we can actually be provoke others. And in Jesus' life, we see none of this. He was so humble. He was so meek. He wasn't conceited. He didn't provoke others and envy others. He knew what he was called to do. And, and that's what the, the point of the series is, saying, what does God want to produce in our lives? What does it look like to have this? So we can say it like this. The work of the Spirit is to make us more like Christ. For his glory, not for praise of men. Not for the praise of men. So if you ever find yourself doing things for the praise of men, you're actually missing the point of it. Because it's not for the praise of men. It's for the glory of God. That when we allow God to work in our lives, people see our works and they glorify God in heaven. That's the point of it. That we're connected to him and he, we produce something in him. Uh, so humility, C.S. Lewis, I love how he says it. He says this about humility. Because sometimes we get the wrong picture of this. True humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less it's not putting yourself the most important it's saying i'm, I'm gonna look up for the for others i'm gonna i'm gonna be aware of it right so it's not degrading yourself it's not thinking of yourself as little it's just thinking of yourself as less thinking of yourself less than uh, the normal person does right that we would say god i'm, I'm gonna follow your lead that's humility so let me now talk about um this this so the series wrap it up uh, the humility thing was just a surprise to me i just wanted to insert that because i think it's important because um, it kind of fits in there as one of the virtues. It's not really the, the fruit, but it's just something that we need to have in our life 
to be the kind of Christians I think God is looking for, all right? So now let me wrap it up like this, uh, this whole series. God gives us the way to, to do this, all right? So, so the way is much easier than you would think. It's not necessarily easier, but it's um, it doesn't, not necessarily easy to do, but it's a lot simpler than we, than we think it is. So Jesus t- is teaching his disciples, and he makes this, in this teaching, he tells them, he says this, he says, I am the true vine, right? So he says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener's gardener. So I'm the vine, the grapevine, and my father is the gardener. So he's making this, he's going to give this, this, this picture, right, uh, of fruit and, and this vine that produces grapes. And he's saying, guys, I'm the vine. I'm, I'm the source of life. And my father is the one who takes care of this, all right? So I'm the main vine. God's going to take care of it, right? So he starts off by giving this picture. He says he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. And, and when we get into this, you'll notice that the branches that he's talking about is us, those that are connected to him. So I'm a branch. You're a branch. He's the vine. He's the life source. I'm just a branch that receives the life source. And then what's my job as a branch? To produce what? Fruit. Um, yeah, get passing the fruit there, please. So I got this nice, uh, these awesome, these are massive grapes. These are clusters of grapes here. So I got some grapes, right? So he's in, he's the vine. I'm the branch. And since I'm connected to him, what am I supposed to produce? Fruit, right? And we just talked about the last seven weeks, six weeks. The fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, right? This is the things that we should see evident in our life, that when we're connected to God, he's producing these things in our lives, that people see the patience that we have. They see the gentleness that we have. They see self-control in our lives. So he produces fruit in us, right? And he says, so um, every branch that doesn't produce, he's going to cut it off. And those that do produce, notice what he's going to do. He prunes. He cleans. And this, this is the process that sometimes people don't like because uh, sometimes God nudges us and says, hey, I'm glad you're connected to me, but there's some things in your life that aren't working. So you have some pride. You need to work on that, right? You're, that addiction to those things, they're not really not that good. We need to trim that. And he's always working on our life, not for, to hurt us, but to make us more productive, right? So we could even do even more with our lives. So the ones that aren't going to produce, he's going to cut them off. It just, there's no life there. But those who do, he's going to even help us to become better. He says, you've already been pruned and pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So these three years, Jesus is walking with them. Notice what he's saying. As my teachings, they're helping you be pruned and purified. So as a Jesus follower, as you follow more often, um, as you read scripture more, he's going to be doing things in your life that are going to help you be purified and pruned in your life. You're becoming more and more like him. And then he gives us the key. Here's the key, right? He says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So the key, you know how to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life on a daily basis? The key is to remain in him. This is the key, the key things he's saying is um, if you do this, you'll, you'll produce fruit, right, in him. Yes, I am the vine, he says, and you are the branches. So he's the, he's the vine, we're the branches, we're supposed to produce fruit. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I used to think, you know, well, apart from God, I, I can do. I can make a lot of money. I can have a lot of pleasure. I could become really famous, uh, you know, on my own merits. But I think what he, really what he's saying here is apart from him, you cannot do anything that's significant. Yeah, you can make money. You can become famous. You can have a lot of pleasure. But as soon as you die, all of that goes away, and it goes on to somebody else. But with him, the life you live that's significant goes on and continues on forever. So my life is going to have an impact on many others even into eternity because I'm connected to him, and I'm going to produce much 
fruit. And then he says this, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. And this is his warning of heaven and hell. He's saying there's this reality of heaven and hell, right? So life's not the end, but there's others. There'll be, there'll be judgment. There'll be time for, for blessings. There'll be time for also for, for judgment for others. He's saying that's, that takes place. He says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be done for you. So Jesus would ask the Father for things and he would do it because Jesus was connected to him, right? So he's saying we're connected to God. We're going to know what to ask for and God's going to do this. And then he ends up by saying this. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So when you bear much fruit, it actually is proof that you're his disciple. And when you're lacking fruit, it's actually showing you're not connected. You're not, you're not doing things God is asking us to do. So it's to his glory, right? So you it like this. When you produce much fruit, you are God's true disciples, and it brings glory to God. It brings glory to his Father. And that's what he's saying the point of all this is when you remain in him. So if the key is to remain... Right? What does remain mean? Well, remain means to stay put, to continue in a specified condition, or to endure. If you're going to remain in God, you need to stay put, continue in that condition he's asking you to, and to endure. That's what it means to remain. Um, this means that when the seasons are hard, you stay connected to God. When the seasons are easy, you stay connected to God. That whatever you find yourself going through, it's, it's all about trust. And it's a process, right? That you're saying, God, I'm going to trust your hand. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to follow your lead. Let me, um, give me, give me an example. I'll model this for you, right? Sincerity, come on up. So this is my wife, Sincerity. If you don't know her, uh, she's an amazing woman and, uh, almost 19 years. This next year will be 19 years. So pretty, pretty awesome. Right. <laughs> so, so this is what it means to remain in Christ. Let me just give you a visual. All right. So Cesare and I are in a, in a covenant relationship, right? We're married. So um, in our relationship, when we're connected and when we're um, putting in the work to uh, have a healthy relationship, we're connected, right? In, in, a, in, a, um, in a physical sense, but also in like an emotional or even like a more of a spiritual sense that we're, there's, a, there's a healthy connection between us. So we're, we're connected. Now, say I had this uh, urge to have a relationship with somebody else, another woman, right? So I wanted to commit uh, an affair on her. Well, if I'm connected to her and another woman comes into my life to try to maybe begin this, um, how hard do you think it's going to for me to say no to that woman? Yeah, it wouldn't be very hard, right? Because I'm like, well, she's right here, you're right there. No, I'm, I'm right here. It's not that bad. So what I'm going to have to do, if I'm going to go down that path, some some point, I'm going to disconnect from her, right? I'm going to have to find some kind of barrier to get behind, to kind of hide, you know, as you can't see. Maybe sneak off a little more, kind of start these new routines, maybe work a little more, maybe go out of town more often. Figure out some way to begin to create some distance between us so it'll make it easier for me to say yes to this person. Does that make sense? So now I'm choosing sin over relationship, right? I'm choosing the, the, the immediate gratification over a long-term relationship, over something that I've committed to. If I remain together, if we remain connected, so Jesus says he's the vine, I'm the branch. And if I remain in him, I'm going to produce much fruit. And so what happens in the Christian life is, is we don't stay connected to God. So we get mad because he didn't give us what we wanted, right? I'm like, I'm not going to pray to him no more. You know, I'm really mad at God, so I'm just not going to pray. You know, just, yeah, I don't want to do it. And then little by little, it's like, I'm going to, you know, I went to church last week. I think I'll go in maybe next week or two weeks. And 
We try to get some distance between ourselves. We start beginning to put barriers between. We start to figure out ways to say no to what God is asking us to do. And we get disconnected. And he's saying when that happens, it's a lot harder to say no to the things that the world offers us. It's a lot harder to say no to the flesh. But when we're connected to Christ, when we remain in him, how hard is it to say no to the things that he doesn't want us to do? It's like somebody yells at me and they're being a jerk and I'm connected to Christ. I want to give a piece of my mind. And what does Christ say? Hey, don't take it personal. That, yeah, chill out, right? Thank you. It calms me down so much because <laughs> I really want to give him a piece of my mind. And what he's going to say is it's not even about you. Their marriage is falling apart. They're struggling with something. Give them some grace, right? Did you deserve what I gave you? Well, not really. So give them what I gave you, some grace, some love. And when I'm connected and I remain in Christ, it's easier for me to do the things he asked me because I'm connected, right? So hopefully that's a visual. Thank you. Love you. So in relationship, when I remain in my relationship with sincerity, when we're connected and we're, when we're healthy um, and we endure, it, it's easier to say yes to the right things and no to the hard things. And, and in, that, in that case, when I'm connected to Christ and I'm producing fruit, like, uh, Andy, you want a you grape? Come get a grape, man. I love you, bro. Andy, you, you are a, you're a great guitarist, right? You do a good job on the, on the, on the team. Thank you for being part. He tastes some of the fruit of my life when I'm kind, when I'm gentle, right? And, uh, and even when people don't see it, obviously it's even better when it's not seen. I'm not making a, a big thing. But this is what it should be in our lives, that when I'm walking around, I'm connected to Christ, and, he, and through the Holy Spirit, he's producing this fruit of love and kindness and joy. Why do you think people wanted to be around Jesus all the time? Because they wanted some of his fruit. This guy had peace in the middle of chaos. He was okay in the middle of a nation that was, was ruling the, his people because he knew the big picture. Rome doesn't, end, Rome doesn't win. The kingdom of God wins. You don't have to be afraid of the Romans. At some point in history, they're going to go away anyways. You don't have to be afraid of any kind of political party because at some point in history, they're going to go away anyways. Remain in me. Produce the fruit. Kids want to be around Jesus. That's a good indication of, of your life. When kids want to be around you, it means you have life, Right? That you're, you're friendly, that you love others. And they wanted to taste the fruit. And if I could pass this around, you know, it's uh, uh, not just to, for, you don't produce fruit just for yourself, but for others. And by doing that, you're actually helping them to have hope that one day they can also become that person. Jesus passed on hope to his disciples saying, you can be like me one day. Just let me keep working in your life. And he says, if, I'm going to eat one of these because they're cold. I'm good. <laughs> and if I would pass this around... You would take this fruit, these grapes, and you'd be like, this is so good. And it's healthy, and it's good for us. The fruit of the Spirit is the same way. In our lives, when we're connected to Christ, we're producing those fruit, people get to enjoy it. When I'm, when I'm sensitive to what God is saying, my conversations, they build up others, they encourage others, they help others be better. And when I'm disconnected from God, and I'm my own flesh, my own self, my conversations could be a little harsh, and they could be a little more direct and miss the point of loving somebody. The point is, God, I want to stay close to you. I want to remain in you, connected to you as the vine, because you're the source of life, so that I can produce much fruit. So this is Paul. He wraps up the, 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 the teaching in Galatians. <laughs> I got a grape or something. Excuse me. That was a big grape. <laughs> Hmm? 
I'm full of it. I'm full of uh, some fruit. Fruitful. Okay. <laughs> so this is how Paul wraps up Galatians, right? He says, in, ch- in, ch- in chapter 6, last, the last uh, chapter of the, of the book, he says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So in your life, if you have weeds, it's because you've sown seeds of weed, right? You've done things that aren't good. And if you have fruit, it's because you're, do- you're doing things that are producing that good fruit. So he says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. So if you're just going with the flesh, if you're just going with the flow, whatever feels right, whatever feels good at the moment, you're going to reap destruction at some point. But whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. If you're doing what God's asking you, you're going to produce a lot of things that are going to live on forever. He says, now let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Remember endurance, remaining in Christ, enduring, enduring, enduring. You don't give up. You're faithful, right? He's saying, uh, don't don't get tired of doing good, because if you if you don't stop at some point, you're going to reap a great harvest. Don't give up in your relationships in your life. Don't give up. And then he says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Let's live a life that's passing out this fruit all around, right? Especially to those who belong to the family of believers, and especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, let's start there. Let's let's love them because our love for one another is going to show the world that we're really His. The same. Let's do good for them. So I found, talking to sincerity, you know, being connected to her, I know what the secret to a healthy marriage is, to healthy relationships. You know what it is? It's W-O-R-K. Spell it with me. W-O-R-K. It's work. For me, sincerity, and when I say work, I'm not talking about law. So my work is don't, 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 don't. Right? I'm don't, don't have an affair, whatever. It's not law. It's, it's a relationship. And when I say work, if I work at it, it works for us. So if I'm spending time with her and I'm engaging with her and I'm asking her questions, I'm working at it, the marriage is going to work. This is the same is true in, in business, in relationships with our family, right, in parenting. When you work at it, it works for you. And as soon as you get lazy, as soon as you stop working on something, it's going to stop working for you. And the thing our culture, I think that we have to fight against all the time is things should just come naturally. They should just feel good. Your relationship shouldn't take work. It should just be this chemistry, right? This romance should just happen. No, it takes work. And a lot of times the things that are happening is because you're doing work. You're, you're dressing up nice and you're making yourself look really good so you can impress somebody. That's work. And then we think it's all the chemistry and all this connection. No, you did a lot of work to make yourself really look good and try really hard to start, have that relationship going. And you think it's just the chemistry. No, it was work. And then we give up on the work and our relationship stopped working. And our relationship with God stops working because we're not working. And I'm not saying law because it's, it's a process. Paul's talking about a process, right? He's saying evaluate the fruit in your life. Measure the fruit in your life. Maintain the things that God is doing. And if you don't give up, you're going to reap good things. you got to keep on going. So if Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's gentleness, it's self-control, it's faithfulness. He's saying these are the fruit. Do these things and let people enjoy this. You're faithful. You're committed. Even when it's to your own hurt because you said you're going to do it, you still do it. It costs you more time and money, but you said it, you're going to do it. That's what a faithful person does. He said when you do that, people get to enjoy the fruit of your life, the fruit of the vine. And the way this is produced is by us staying connected to Christ, walking in the Spirit. Right. So he says those who belong to Christ, they've crucified the flesh with all its desire, passions and desires. We've said no to those things. And he says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and each other. So Paul is saying this happens by remaining in Christ. Another word is by remaining in Christ is walking in the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit, having a relationship with God. So fruit that we produce is a byproduct 
of our relationship with God. The fruit that you produce in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, it's a byproduct of our walk with God. How does this work? Well, coming to church is one way. Tuning in on, online is one way. Reading the Bible is one way. Praying is one way. Getting in a small group with other believers and, and encouraging each other, helping each other, that's one way. Giving of your time, giving your finances, sacrificing things, right? These are all disciplines that God calls us to so we can see the byproduct of the fruit in our lives. It's work. It takes work. So uh, not to confuse law and work, let me, let me explain this, all right? So there was a man who started this company, a very successful company, and one day him and his pastor were talking, and they were talking about self-control, one of the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, the pastor said, you know what, you should just, um, I don't know what the big deal is with, with uh, these addictions and alcoholism. Like, man, they should, just, they should just get over it, right? And this man was an alcoholic that was very successful, and he says, you don't understand. He says, for you, when you drank alcohol, a beer or wine or whatever, he says, for you, it was just a drink. He says, but for me, the first time I drank it, it wasn't a drink. It was like a stranglehold that wouldn't let go. And he said, my family, this has just been a destructive pattern in my family, that we are addicted to alcohol. And it's just a pattern in his, in his family's life. And he said, for years, and, and the man is a successful business person. He's a Jesus follower. He's a Christian. And he said, for years and years, I felt guilty. I felt ashamed because I had this struggle with alcoholism, and I, I just couldn't shake it. And he says, one day I was praying, saying, God, please take it away. Please help me. And this is what he said, God, he since God spoke to him. He said, George. If you never beat this thing, it's okay. I died for this. I died for you to have a relationship with you. And he said, see, we think trying harder is the answer. You just should just get over it. You should just, just get, get on with it, and we try harder. So when I'm saying uh, work. I'm not saying just trying harder. I'm saying the right things, the right, the right ingredients, prayer, Bible study, worship, church. That's part of the, the rhythm, right? It's a healthy relationship. And, and this, this guy, George, says, in his time as pastor, he says, and the day that I heard God speak that to me is the day that I left alcohol and never went back to it. He said, here's the reason. Because I chose to remain in Christ. So instead of saying, well, God, I, I'm addicted to this thing and I'm going to create some distance. So I'm going to stop going to church for a while so I can go to the bar. I'm going to create some distance. I'm going to stop reading my Bible so that I don't feel so guilty when I go drink. Instead of doing that pattern, now George said, Man, he really loves me. He really cares for me. And I don't have to try harder. I have to yield harder. See, the goal of letting the God work in our lives is not trying harder on our own merit, our own strength. It's us connecting to God, saying, God, help me. And then when we're seeking him, and the opportunity comes, it's like, sincerity, like, it's easy to say no to that because he's offering me something better. He's offering me freedom. And that day was the last day he drank alcohol because he finally realized that if he remains in Christ... It wasn't trying harder, it was yielding harder. And him going to Christ when he had those urges, when he, when he would go to Christ. And I, I don't know the story exactly what God did in his life to help him, but I'm pretty sure, I'm going to guarantee that was probably what God said. Every time you have an urge to go do that, why don't you go serve the poor? Every time you want an urge to do that, why don't you go do something good for somebody else? Because the self is always getting sucked to those things saying, this is so, so good, this is more important. And God is saying, don't let self become the main thing. Be led by the Spirit. So if self is saying, feed me, let the Spirit say, let's go give some fruit out to some others. And when we remain in Christ, when we're connected to Christ, the byproduct will be the fruit that we're able to share with others. So here's my challenge for all of us. Would you produce much fruit? Not a little bit of fruit. In your life, would you produce much fruit? Would you allow God's work in your life 
to begin to get, allow you to grow love and peace and joy and patience. That even little kids will want to be around you because there's so much life in you. And they're coming around saying, can I have some of that fruit? There's something in your life that I don't see anywhere else. Can I have some of that fruit? And the people that follow Jesus saying, can I have some of that fruit? In, our, in, in this room, all those watching online, can you imagine what our city would look like if we lived that way? That we're connected to the vine. He's the life source. We're the branch, but we're producing much fruit. And what are we doing? We're sharing it. We're helping others connect to Christ. And I would love, my dream is to see our church be like that. That on a daily basis, we're sharing the fruit that God has produced in our lives. But here's the thing. Today's walk will produce tomorrow's fruit. So tomorrow's fruit that we're going to share with others, it starts with today. A lot of you are doing what you need to do today. You, you, you quiet the noise and you say, God, I'm going to focus on you. That's part of worship, right? God, I'm going to make you a part of my life. So I'm going to pause my week and I'm going to listen to what you have to speak to me, which is important that you pray for me because as I preach and as I share, I really want to share what God wants you to hear. So you ask God, God, what is it that you're wanting to speak to me? And then you take that and you do something with it, right? So today, I don't know what it is that God's going to challenge you, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be something to do with remaining in him. And you say, God, I'm going to remain in you tomorrow, and I'm going to remain in you on Tuesday, and I'm going to remain in you on Wednesday, and I'm not going to disconnect, and I'm not going to make excuses to go do my own thing. I'm not going to try harder. I'm going to yield harder. I'm going to surrender more. So why? So we can produce more fruit. So my goal, my challenge, let's produce much fruit. Not a little bit of fruit, a lot of fruit. Anybody? Yeah? You with me? Can you produce some fruit? Some fruit? And when we do this, God gets the glory. God gets the credit. We help a lot of people to discover him. But today, today's work will produce tomorrow's fruit. And every day I have to think that way. God, what do you want to do in my life? Is it some pruning today you need to do? I say yes. Is it some changes in the, in the environment that I need to make? I say yes. Whatever it is, I say yes to you. And as we end our service today, and uh, maybe some of you in this room, maybe some of you online, you, you would... You would um, You'd be able to say, you know what, I finally get the picture that I'm not remaining in Christ. Like I, I dabble in a little bit, I kind of I read a little bit, I go to church every now and then, but I'm not remaining in Christ. And today I want to make the decision to say I want relationship with Christ, I want relationship with God, that I will remain in Him. That I won't just keep saying yes to all the urges that come my way. I won't just say yes to whatever feels good, but I'll be able to say yes to what God is asking me to say yes to, not just what feels right. Feels good in the moment. If that's you here in this building or online, I'll lead you to prayer. In fact, would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service? And if that's you in the building today, Grove Central, or if you're watching, that's you. Would you let me know just by lifting your hand? Awesome. Anybody else? God, I want to remain in you. God, today I want to make a decision to stay connected to you. I want to walk in the Spirit, stay in step with the Spirit. Awesome. If you're watching online, you want to pray this prayer, would you pray it with us? And the rest of us in the room, would you pray with me so that those that raise their hand are not praying alone? Say this today. Say, Father God, today I want relationship with you. I want to stay connected to you, the life source, the one that produces fruit in my life. Help me to yield better, to surrender more, to trust you. I want to be faithful and committed to this relationship. That I would not turn away from it, but I would trust you in all things. 
forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins that lead me away from you. Today, I say yes. I go all in. I trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate those that pray the prayer here in the room and online.